0: welcome to this week's henchman of comics i'm alec dashback
1: and i'm a carrie bradshaw type and a terry bradshaw type or you could call me matt golden it's your call
0: i mean i like carrie terry (laughs)
1: <laughs> you can call me Carrie Terry, Scary Terry, whatever it is that your preference is. I'm here. I'm listening.
0: Well, Seattle. This week we are talking about Marvel Comics 1000, uh, the book we obviously didn't talk about last week because we felt like it deserved its own special episode.
1: We did. And upon reading it, uh, have you changed your mind that it deserved its own special episode? No.
0: This, I mean, for me, this it's 96 pages. Uh, Al Ewing was the architect of the book, uh, kind of overseeing it all. And it hit like a lot of like nostalgia buttons. And there's even moments while I was reading it where I wanted to go back and like read some like original runs and learn more, learn more about certain characters I never really gave a chance or a second thought to.
1: I didn't feel that same way that you did. Now, that's not to say that I didn't enjoy big nuggets of this, but there's 96 pages and a lot of it is a convoluted story that you get. Told from Al Ewing's point of view, which, by the way, almost seemed like a Al Ewing circle jerk. And while I love well, Al Ewing and what he's
0: doing no, Matt's far off is, base here.
1: No, 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 no. Here, Here is my Al Ewing uh, wiener jerk. He is arguably writing the best series going on right now. True or false?
0: Uh, I mean, he is not writing House of X and Power of X. That's but, true.
1: So he's top a top five yes, comic book yeah, series going I'll, on right now.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that.
1: And it's not close. Like he's he's safely in that top five. So here's my big issue with this: is it's all Al Ewing. There's like half of it almost is Al Ewing.
0: Yeah, I think half of it is Al Ewing.
1: And here's the other problem I have with this. Now with the the uh, two DC one thousands that just came out, we got eight page stories, which was fantastic. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. With this, you get one page stories by the best in comics right now. Uh can I just read some of these names off? Uh feel free to jump in here. Yeah. Uh I'll obviously throw it out Al Yun because I think he is one of the best going on right now. Uh Chip Zadarsky, you've got um <laughs> 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 No, sorry, sorry. Mark Wade, Neil Gaiman, um you've got Jeff Lemire in here. Jerry Duggan. Yep, Dan Slott.
0: Uh long time marvel writers like Peter Lord,
1: Donnie Cates, Teeny Howard, Rob Liefeld, Tom just- Taylor absolute gods and then you
0: have people Jonathan Hickman yeah and then you have people coming Joe in Quesada. You've like
1: got Alex Ross telling his own story
0: and you have people like you mentioned as well too like, uh, like like you mentioned Neil Gaiman you have people that are coming in uh like that don't write comics super often but have written comics in the past like Great uh
1: talk. Jason Latour Jason Aaron
0: well I was thinking of people Jeff like Lowe. uh Christopher Miller and Phil Lord uh writing a book together uh Brad Meltzer coming back to write a story, and you have like random people like Adam F. Goldberg from The Goldbergs writing a story. You and have Kareem jo- Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. Joe Hill, yeah, Joe Hill writing a story as well. Uh, so they pull a ton of people, and then you have like Marvel, like people that w- we wouldn't be where we are. Marvel without them. With writers like uh, Chris Claremont coming, Rob Liefeld, uh, Kurt Busiek uh, coming in, uh, Gail Simone, you, you, and not to mention the countless amazing artists that have touched this book too.
1: Everybody's got got their hands on it and their fingers in it, and it's both wonderful and totally upsetting at the same time. And from a reader's perspective and somebody who loves so many of these writers and artists and respects so many of them, it's almost a shame to see them get so little for so much work. Now, I get it. It's a Marvel 80 years, but they leave out so many characters. It's art.
0: You're witnessing art.
1: You're witnessing something. And now, what it
0: is, also spoiler for Marvel Comics One Thousand. Boom, nailed uh, it. Well done. Before we even st- got into it, the structure is each page takes place with one year. Uh, Let me of say, Marvel. I
1: love the structure for it.
0: Uh, I yeah, thought that was super interesting. And one thing I loved is like you, you get to see like you get to see like the way that like comics and like the art change. Like you get to see like the way decades change, the clothing change all throughout one book, which I thought was really cool.
1: The art styles themselves as well. Yeah. I mean it's it's super unique and it's the only way that it could have worked. So of course that's the way Marvel did it. So
0: we open with 1939 uh which was the first Marvel comic uh and we open with a story about Jim Hammond who is the original Human Torch part of the Invaders team that had Namor, Captain America uh and Bucky on there. Um uh, which was written by Al Ewing and it kind of transcends slowly into the birth of the Eternity Mask which carries us through 1940 uh, in 1941 and to a modern day, 1942, where Robert Acosta is trying to figure out the history of it. The Eternity mass first debuted in Marvel comics, number one. Uh, so that, that's why it's tying into the story. But one thing that's really cool as you go through these, uh, first stories and through every story on here, every, there's a bullet on every single page that tells you what year it is and what big event is being reflected on that page.
1: Yes. And I have, I take issue with that because I feel like they could have chosen way bigger, events for some of these and instead they went with whatever the writer happened to want at that time.
0: Yeah. I, I think it worked for some and didn't work for others. Obviously. I think it
1: worked for some and then didn't work for a lot of them. Um, now there are some that I absolutely love and some that I think are just good.
0: The first four pages are the Ewing mystery about the Eternity Mask uh, starting with the early decades. And then we get Modern Times, even though it's a 1941 book, I want to say. at that Let me 40 tell you, it was the most frustrating.
1: Th- it was very well written. It was very good. But it was an extremely frustrating four opening pages to a Marvel Comics big event.
0: Well, 1943, 1944 is when we first get away from Ewing story and get original writers. Uh, which Jeremy Whitley, uh, writing with from America Chavez perspective with art by R. R. Co., or Irene Co. And then the other page is Mark Wade writing Captain America story with John Cassidy. And it, both of these stories were a little bit disappointing to me. I thought yeah. the, I thought the Ch- American show stories was great and is great for a lot of people as well too. And I think it's an important story. And one thing that I like it, it's America talking about, like it felt like she was a purpose being born into the community that she was born in. Uh, it wasn't an accident. Uh, and there are a lot of stories like that, which I liked because Marvel comics has always had a history and a background of being a little more progressive uh in their stories and and I felt, inclusive yeah. yeah so i i felt like that was true to their true to their history yep
1: and then on the opposite page you've got a full page in almost indirect contrast yeah. to the page across it you've got like a beautiful wonderful 1944 and a 19 <laughs> or 1943 and 44 but it almost could play as 2018 2019 with just all this love and then almost you've got america almost in a Fiery, passionate background, which is a little concerning. Yeah, it was off-putting. It
0: was very like it was kind of like a propaganda poster ish style, which maybe John casting on purpose. Like it looks great. I wasn't a huge fan of Mark Wade's little blurb that he had there for Captain America, though.
1: No, I don't like it either. But I thought that it was an interesting dichotomy from the previous page, and I love. I like the. I like the the art. I think it's fantastic. And who better to pick for for Captain America than Mark Wade? The Arguably greatest Captain America writer there's ever been.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then we jump into 1945 uh, with a Hellcat story written by Catherine Emanman uh, with art by Stuart Emerman, Uh, Which is like a fun, just quick like one-page But It's not the greatest thing. It's not the worst thing. But it's like the art of taking a selfie. I didn't realize that Hellcat uh, first got a solo series like that long ago, which to me was most In interesting. In 45, yeah. yeah. Kind
1: of crazy to me. Uh, this is one of my top ten. Really? Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna like rank them or anything, but it this was one of my top ten for sure. Um a lot more of my top ten are more sappy for the most part, or don't really have words. But I, I really enjoyed this and I if I'm not mistaken, uh Stuart Emonen is the artist for uh Squirrel Girl.
0: Uh I believe that's Erica Henderson.
1: Okay. Uh yeah. very similar art. So I But I believe Stuart's
0: thought, worked on Squirrel Girl.
1: I immediately thought of Squirrel Girl and was like Yep, I'm here for it. It's funny, it's cute, it's kitschy, I love it. Uh,
0: and then from 46 to 48, uh, we get more Al Ewing. Uh, He covers the death of Captain America. Uh, he has another modern-day take on the Eternity mask. And then we get to see the Black Rider uh, wearing the Eternity mask, uh, which is kind of a nice... Uh, the art's beautiful and that the art's by Phil Noto, who is a fantastic artist. Uh, and the Black Rider is part of the Marvel Western here, uh, history as well. But the next story I thought was just a little fun. Uh, it wasn't like the greatest story. It's written by Kurt Busiek with art by Cameron Stewart. And it looks great. But it's about uh, someone moving into a uh, New York. And what I liked about this really is not so much the story itself. But it's my favorite bullet. Because it says, Tessie the Typist ended its run with number 23. I just love imagining that someday, right before the 50s, Marvel Comics had a title book with a main character who was Tessie the Typist. She is due for a comeback. When When is she going to join the Avengers?
1: I feel like you just like it because Tessie the typist got canceled and she's a woman and you hate women.
0: Okay. Please do not Hashtag, read.
1: Hashtag uh, 2019. Bitch, don't kill my vibe.
0: Please stop reading my journal.
1: <laughs> Never.
0: Uh, and then the 40s, 50 actually. Uh, we are back to Ewing's mystery story. But it's uh, the introduction of Marvel Boy. And this was kind of a darker story, which I liked. And the Journey of the Eternity Mask we jump into our first i want to say unsuspected writer in 51 with joe hill uh with art by michael the great artist this story was about dr strange washing uh his famous cape uh i thought it was just okay uh it wasn't my favorite thing
1: i thought it was fun it was a good change of pace from the all you in darkness that we have been getting all marvel yeah which is
0: weird because you expect darkness from joe hill
1: you, you really fucking do. And instead you have a quirky little weird story about uh, Dr. Strange on laundry day, who by the way, I guarantee has a washer and dryer in his own
0: home. Yeah. Does he have a mystical one?
1: Probably. Yeah. I, he must be on what vacation. kind
0: of doctor, surgeon can't afford a washing machine?
1: Uh, not the kind of one operating on me with his dirty ass How many hands.
0: people are dying because he decided he wanted to wash his cape?
1: So many. Uh, then we go on to uh, Kieran uh, Gillen. Uh, and the journey, uh, R.I.P. Kieran Gillen, because <laughs> he just finished Wicked and Divine, and I want to murder him uh-huh. it's so beautiful.
0: Also, art by Doug Breathwood. Oh yeah, sure, whatever. And it's a, this is a Loki story, and like I love this. Like this is one page just of like sadness and like regret and like wanting to be long, like all in on this one page. This was fantastically done.
1: Yeah, this one, if you just kind of look at it, it really makes you think. Uh, however I was skipping through so quickly that I was just like, yeah, that was good. And I kept moving. <laughs> uh, the only words on the page, there's only three words, but it's just repeated. Uh it's you can escape.
0: Yeah, and it goes through the different versions of Loki, from kid Loki to female Loki and like all those iterations. You mean Show- woman Loki? Uh sure. Uh <laughs> Lady Loki. Uh Marvel spacing on iteration. It. Um uh, But and it just shows like that Loki I mean, at times, doesn't know who he is. Is he the villain? Is he the just a trickster god? Is he there to create mischief? Is he there to rule the world? Does he have a higher purpose? Does he want to be good? It just says so much in on just one page.
1: The next one we're going to uh, 1953 here, and real quick, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Yeah, uh, are they in your top five writer uh, and artist combos?
0: No. But I, I love their stuff. Uh, I think they're fantastic. And I, I feel like they're must-reads, especially for people like, just getting into comics, too.
1: I 100% agree. I think they're top 10 for sure, though.
0: And yeah, I agree with that.
1: all their classics that they do, uh, as far as an icon- iconic duo uh, in comic books, I'd, I'd say they're up there.
0: Uh, yeah, they do a version of the Not Brand Eck, which is a Marvel parody comic uh, about the Hulk and Forbush Man. And it was a cute little story, but it's never been like my favorite Marvel thing ever. Uh, and we jump into 54, with more of Al Ewing story, uh, but we kind of take it to a l- little bit what's happening with the modern day Avengers story that Jason Aaron's writing, uh, but then we travel back to fifteen hundred years ago, uh with a story about uh the Black Knight, which is our Al Ewing story, but it also turns into another story about the Eternity Mask and so does fifty six, uh, where with it talks with Ben to, Franklin, yeah, and
1: the Eternity Mask
0: with Jimmy Woo, and then fifty seven is another one about the Eternity Mask goes fifty eight. 157, though, is about a man that has cancer, so it's kind of a dark one. The art's great on that one as well, too. The art's by K-Fu. Um But 60, or 59 is where we really jump into something that's really fun, just because it's so beautiful. And because we're describing it as beautiful, that can only be a few artists for Matt and I, and that's Al Ross. I don't know if Matt agrees, but I thought his uh, paintings of the Hulk were fantastic.
1: Yeah, Alex Ross is arguably the... Uh, epitome of of art in comic books. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure there's anybody who's done it better. With all respect due to to Jack Kirby and the in the originators, Alex Ross's paintings are uh, second to none. And the fact that he can just churn them out <coughs> as often as, as he does is is nothing short of absolutely spectacular. Because they every single panel is a fucking work of art. And this guy turns out he's been doing incre- or, uh immortal Hulk covers for the last several months and he has time to do so much. other shit. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it.
0: Uh, what do you think of 60 and 61 60 is a Groot and rocket raccoon story by James Englehart. Uh, I
1: loved number 60. It was one of my, it was probably my top really? 10. Really? Yeah. That was
0: a fun little story.
1: It was. And, and it's basically just rocket raccoon uh, playing up to, to Groot and saying, Oh, how can you be so sappy and sweet? And all these women are falling for him as Groot's getting <sighs> interviewed. And all Groot says is I am Groot.
0: Uh sixty one kind of lost me. Uh solid on Med, uh who is a hit or miss writer for me, who's written some great stuff and stuff I don't really like. It's just a thing going talking about his therapy sessions and why he fights, but it, to me it really didn't do much.
1: Uh but I, was this the I think these were the first couple instances of why do you do what you do? Yes. Uh which was a major theme yeah. uh throughout the book. Which uh, but, I actually write uh, a lot. Yeah,
0: I, I think there's better versions of that throughout it. Oh, yeah, 100 62, I really liked a lot. It's uh, Spider-Man story on the phone explaining how he got bit by a spider, and he's being asked questions when realizing that none of his powers had anything to do with the spider.
1: Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is by Phil Lord, and it turns out uh, he happened to call Doc Ock, and Doc Ock is just like, man, what a fucking
0: crazy person. Yeah, uh, <laughs> This was
1: one of my top ten favorite ones. I loved it.
0: 63, it was disappointing to me, It's an Iron Man story, but it's basically just like a recap of like who Iron Man is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't need to remember who he is. I know who he is.
0: Again, 64 is written by Jerry Duggan. It's about uh, with art by Chris Samney, who's a great artist, uh, about Captain America as a kid. Steve Rogers as a kid, I should say. And it's another sad one in such like a short uh, few panels.
1: Man, we're about to get into a whole mess of sad ones. Uh, but uh, Jerry Duggan doing a Captain America was, was kind of interesting to me. I, I did not dislike the, the, the take here.
0: Uh, the next one's called Slumberland. It's about the first appearance of the humans. It features on Lockjaw and a little kid Black Bolt. It was cute, but it wasn't really kind of my, st- my story.
1: It was sweet and funny and cute. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad.
0: I love the next one Uh, for 1966. Uh, one Heart by Christopher Priest. It's a Black Panther story. Uh, he's at, it looks like a university or college or some uh, about to give some speech. Uh, and it's about how they see him as someone who's black and that's how they see him as as his identity and like that's just not who he is that's not the best way to represent him uh or or wakanda
1: he's a panther he is a king and everybody happens to focus on the the word black in front of his name and Uh, he really uh shows his distaste for that and i was like fuck yeah yeah this was this was a a absolutely great and Christopher uh,
0: Priest is a great Black Panther writer. If you haven't read his run on uh, Marvel Knights, you definitely should go back and read it. Oh, I uh, love
1: Marvel Knights. Everybody should check out everything on Marvel Knights because I, agree. I don't know that there's a bad thing in Marvel Knights.
0: Uh, next thing is uh, Captain Marvel Story by Kelly Cuniconic who's written Captain Marvel for a long time. It was a cute story, not the not the best. A little bit too much of like a movie tie-in for me. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it.
1: It was fine. And again, it was it was a cute, sweet, short thing like most of these are
0: and 69 was a uh, Glaxo Glaxoilbar- <laughs> <by, laughs> said 69 by Ryan North and it's not what I expected from a, a Ryan North story at all just because I think I've been conditioned through like Squirrel Girl that to for something like, fun and yeah.
1: exciting yeah same
0: uh, 70 was a Conan Barbarian story This is our first well I guess he's a Marvel character now I think the Savage Avengers uh, written by Ralph Macchio uh,
1: not that Ralph Macchio yeah uh,
0: but it, w- it was okay but we get more to I think 71 is a Red Wolf story Uh, Written by uh, Jimmy Gomez. Um, Which, the art's beautiful on this. Like, it's a great page, but the story didn't do much for me.
1: Yeah, I didn't care for that story whatsoever.
0: But, 72, a story about Blade Week. And it breaks into seven panels about what Blade does every single day of the week. And I loved it. It was written by Jim Zub. It's a simple story. Probably the simplest one in the book. And it was just, it was fun. Basically, Monday through Saturday, kills vampires. Sunday, he hangs out on the couch with his cat.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I thought this was fun. Uh, and totally cute in the last panel. Uh, and I, I love the art on this. It was fucking beautiful. It was one of my favorites. Super, super simple, uh, but still very profound.
0: Uh, 71 talked about how uh, Gwen Stacy's death impacted Mary Jane Watson, which is an angle we don't really think about all that much. Uh, so it's a nice story if you're a huge fan of that story, but I feel like it's been told a 100 times over. I'd never thought of it from that angle, but it's it's not for me uh this was one of
1: my top 10 favorites really Uh, it's by uh jerry conway and it shows uh the way that death and grief affect not just you uh because i think everybody thinks themselves as peter parker as spider-man a lot of the times most people don't think of themselves as fucking uh (laughs) uh what's his dick Uh, um green goblin's kid
0: uh, Harry Osborn.
1: Thank you. No, not all of us think of ourselves as, as Harry Osborn. Everybody's, for the most part, is Peter Parker in their own mind. But we oftentimes don't stop to to think of ourselves outside of ourselves and what other people in our uh, our lives are going through when we experience such tragedy. And I thought, like this one hit me. Like this one hit me in a deep, good spot. And I was like, holy shit! I was very, very moved. And it, you always think about, you know, Mary Jane's loss from Peter's perspective, and you don't. Or Gwen Stacy's yeah. loss from Peter Speck. Not usually the other way around from anybody else's. So it was a, I thought kind of a brilliant take on it, but like you said, it's been done before. Still very good.
0: Very good. Uh, 74. I realized I didn't really get it. It's a Wolverine story. I mean, obviously it's about his first appearance fighting the Hulk, uh, with the Wendigo go, but I just didn't really get the structure or the point of the story at all.
1: See, I like this one. It, they, uh, they made it seem like it was a uh, a play and that Wolverine was a bit actor on the play. Uh, I think it could have been done a little bit better because you also get into his like superpowers and shit. So it kind of doesn't play off of itself very well. But I thought it was still interesting.
0: And then we go going to Punisher, Punisher Story, story uh, which is by Matthew Rosenberg, who's doing the current Punisher run. Uh, which I don't like very much uh, but like this was Matt talked about how he liked how this the character motivation story this was definitely a character motivation page for the Punisher why he does what he does because nobody else will which is really kind of true from Rebel Universe he's the only one that, that will do what he does out there there's countless heroes who will try and stop Galactus there's only so many that are going to murder uh, ch- uh, pedophiles out there
1: yeah yeah, it's pretty much just Frank Castle and I thought that was a an excellent point that you made like it's it's Uh, a a great little story
0: 76 is a white tiger story i've never been a big fan of the white tiger as a character it's written by al ewing this one just didn't do much for me but i'm sure it's great for like white tiger fans to see a character that hasn't gotten a lot of play lately show up in the marvel's 80s celebration
1: yeah i don't know who white tiger is so I'm (laughs) cool
0: uh 77 was a surprise to me and i think to matt as well but it's a darth vader story written by charles sewell who's written a great uh darth vader run as well
1: charles sewell wrote a fantastic darth vader run and uh it was totally out of left field for me like I even was reading it and was like, yeah, they said Darth Vader I, I still kind of feel like it's a uh like gonna be a comic book uh superhero thing. <laughs> nope, they let it ride yeah and it was a it
0: was it was great like Darth it Vader. showed you how terrifying Vader was in one page.
1: yeah, we thought we killed him yeah in no, two still panels off.
0: really yeah <laughs> uh 79 or 78 sorry is more of the Ewing attorney Mass story introduced brings alpha flight into it uh 79 is by toby whitehouse it's more of like a page out of a book uh about a character named night raven that i have no knowledge of but reading that page i was like i want to know more about night raven right now
1: yeah show me more it's a great little story but it was definitely like a book
0: yeah uh 1980 is about she hulk uh written by rainbow Rowell, art by chris anko the team on runaways right now uh it's basically just about how she's not the hulk and how she's different it's ground that I think has been tread before. It's not a bad story. Uh,
1: been there, done that, seen it.
0: While 81 was about how Doctor Doom and Iron Man lived their lives differently by Donald Mustard, which again, for me, just didn't do much at all.
1: And how Iron Man has friends and Doctor Doom is alone. Like, okay, yes. cool.
0: Now, 82, moving, though. Moving the fuck on. I really enjoyed. It's uh, written by David Mandel, who's written a few comics. I'm probably best well known for being... Uh, a executive producer, writer on Kirby Enthusiasm* and showrunner on *Veet*. Uh so he has a great comedic background. He also wrote was well, one of the writers on *Euro Trip*, which is a movie I love. Uh, it's basically it's,
1: it's Hercules just shitting on Thor. Yeah, for the most part. And about how
0: everyone forgets about Hercules.
1: <laughs> I, I yeah. thought this one was great, and
0: the, it was interesting too because like it gave me Marvel. I didn't realize that Hercules was the first character to get his first limited series uh, yeah. in Marvel. Uh, that, it was really fun. I thought it was great
1: um yeah i really enjoyed it and it was uh the award for the longest story in one single page of all time i think goes to david mardell for the prince of power returns uh talking about hercules here
0: yeah i thought it was great it's very funny uh 83 was a storm story which i was excited about i think i disappointed once i read it Uh, (laughs) yep same uh it's by elu and he's doing the iron heart run right now but uh 84 really enjoyed which is a story which i didn't think i would it's a simple spider-man story
1: this one of my top ten. Yeah, you'll you'll notice that trend over the whole thing <laughs> is most of my favorite stories are Spider Man stories.
0: Uh, it's written by Brad Meltzer, uh, who wrote Green Arrow, her Identity Crisis, uh, which a lot of people feel very strongly about, uh, one way or the other. Uh, but this was a very simple story about so how Spider Man saved a woman's life, and she wanted to know and she was pregnant, and wanted to know his name, and he named the baby, and he just said Ben. And just like there's something about that story that just like really hits home, even though it's so simple, and even at the very end. Like, he has a little bourbon in there. It's so like, for my grandfather, Ben. Like, that makes it even more, like, heartbreaking and heartwarming.
1: Yeah, this one this one super affected me. And it, something about Spider-Man, like, they're able to tell the truth in the stories of grief uh, through this character more than any other character. Uh, and I just, I really, really love and appreciate it. Well, then- But you can see after the woman asks him what his name is, how long and how hard he's thinking about. What he should tell Yeah, her, I know. What his name is. And you're like, oh, he's going to tell her. He's definitely going to tell her. Which that art Lynn. is
0: by uh, Julian uh, Tedesco. And like it, the art is so well done. It
1: it might be my favorite art in the book.
0: Uh,
1: it's definitely top three.
0: And speaking of Spider-Man grief, 85 is a Thor story, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, it's kind of a simple play of numbers story about Odin's sacrifice. 86, to me, was a disappointing Howard the Duck story. Uh, oh, super disappointing. But 87 is more about Spider-Man's grief. Uh it's written by Christopher Priest uh and him interacting with Wolverine. Uh and Spider-Man feeling guilt over taking a life and talking with Wolverine who's done I who's did, killed countless people. I care for that one. Yeah. Not that I I love Christopher Priest, but and honestly, I don't know what event they're talking about. Maybe that's why if I had more knowledge about that, yeah, like absolutely. that then that scene might have meant more the fact that Wolverine had that talk with him. Uh 88 was a story about Speedball written by Ed Brunson. Uh, who was a uh, who's been a new Avenger who's been on a Thunderbolt of the league as well? Hasn't been around for a long time, but it's a fun little story. Especially again, it's like one of those stories. I feel like the White Tiger story for char- people who didn't expect to see like their favorite characters that have been kind of pushed in the background.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> it was kind of fun. Uh, I liked the story. Uh, <laughs> he's just trying to get to, like a job interview. Yeah, all time. Yeah, and he ends up bouncing around all of Manhattan.
0: Uh and, and wearing like, it. am I going to just die, <laughs> who's going to feed my cat Vittles? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, 89 is a damage control story written by Adam F. Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs. And it was okay. It wasn't my favorite thing.
1: Um, if 90s art was ever a thing, like yeah. I could see most like every panel on here printed like on a t-shirt. Uh,
0: and speaking of 90s art, 90s is another Al Young story about Night Thrasher, who's a very 90s character because he wrote a skateboard in the originals. But speaking of nineties art, when we jump into ninety-one, we get Story and Art by Rob Liefeld, probably the man most iconic with nineties art.
1: Never heard of him. Has he even, okay, we'll go to ninety two. Has he ever done anybody big?
0: Um, I'm pretty sure he did Shatterstar's cousin. So <laughs>
1: nice. Nice. Yeah, I know about that guy. Or girl.
0: But um. it's like it's a beautiful like I'm a huge cable fan, so just like having a story about cable, having a story about the birth of X Force. Uh, And having that beautiful like page of just classic came up by Liefeld with the giant gun and the patch and the pouches everywhere. Uh, It it just looks great.
1: Yep. And then a little mini Deadpool chime in at the very bottom.
0: Uh, At 93, we go into Eric Larson, uh, writer and creator of Savage Dragon uh, at Image Comics. Uh, It's him fighting the thing over who gets credit for fighting Venom. It wasn't my favorite story, but Eric Larson was a longtime Spider-Man writer. So I think for a lot of people it would be a real treat. Yeah,
1: it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh you actually said 93 it was 92. Oh, 92 sorry. Very little. Wow.
0: Because yeah.
1: One of my favorites uh Jason Aaron comes in with 93 with a punisher and wolverine story and all i yes. talk about is bath bombs. yes that's
0: what i love like wolverine loves <laughs> bath bombs and like they and then he gets frank to admit that frank's like bath but frank likes him because they're scalding and blistering yeah. uh, and so they bond over that while it all happens while they're in the middle of killing a bunch of people as well too yeah. and trying not to die um uh, we jump into 94 with one of our favorite writers right now donny cage which another spider-man story uh, talking about his route that he travels every night when he's on patrol.
1: Yeah, this one was another depressing Spider-Man story. I don't know why all the Spider-Man stories in this book are either bad or depressing. <laughs> uh, but I guess it's it's kind of one of the same. But it, he just essentially talks about the same route that he takes every night is the same route uh, uh, where everybody he's ever loved has
0: died. Yeah, I feel like we could have a ninety story either without Apocalypse uh, being featured. And luckily for us, we got a story written by Jonathan Hickman uh with apocalypse and i don't know how you felt but like this made me feel like okay he's gonna bring apocalypse into his extreme storyline at some point too uh
1: just wait powers and house of x are ongoing right now alex is not current i am you're right it's a whole thing. <laughs> uh
0: 96 i thought was one of my least favorite stories i'll say that even though i don't really like uh you mean talking. you don't like freedom and yeah. america it's just captain america across panels with the pledge of allegiance
1: that was so fucking dumb. Why do you have the Pledge of Allegiance as your story? And you Patrick Gleason as a writer. Yeah. Do you think he came up with the Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, how did they I get sure that in thought. there?
0: Yeah. He 97, was though.
1: As a fucking writer. 97 was Jesus. a lot of fun,
0: though. We, we switched gears to a Deadpool story. It's a first uh, Deadpool story. Yes, written by Gail Simone, who wrote Deadpool for a very long time. Uh, and it was just fun. Like him uh, with like uh, Psylocke and Rogue and Domino. Trying to entice him when they're in bikinis, and he's getting upset with them for interrupting because he's trying to read. Um, <laughs> he's trying like, to read a chicken soup for yeah. the soul knockoff called him, Turkey Soup with yeah. the Soul. Him at the buffet wearing a Galactus mask because he hungers. I thought it was a great touch. <laughs>
1: uh, and then you talk about uh, Joe Casada at the end of it.
0: Yeah, uh, which transitions to ninety-eight, sure. which is a story uh, by Joe Casada because uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he did Marvel Knights. Uh, which this is the only thing that disappointed me. I thought the story should have been written by Kevin Smith because uh, on that original Marvel Knights run it was written by Kevin Smith, which was a great run with art by Joe Quesada on there. So I kind of wish they could have brought him back for this one page for this Daredevil story. It was a good story, though. I just wish that had been written uh by someone that had a major impact on Marvel at that time.
1: Yeah, that would make sense, but it is what it is. Uh What do you think about this 1999 Peter David story?
0: Uh David's a long-time uh, Marvel writer. Andy Cooper's a great artist. Long-time artist over at Marvel. Uh and it was it was good. It was my favorite thing. Uh, it definitely ties into what's going on in Immortal Hulk right now, which I thought was interesting. because He's not writing that book. Uh, now, for you, like the Spider-Man stories hit you in like all the right spots. Uh, this 2000 story by Chris Claremont uh, about the X-Men uh, is like what made hit me like in all the right spots. It wasn't the strongest writing, uh, and Claremont stuff's real hit or miss for me uh, nowadays. But I thought the art was beautiful, just seeing. Uh, all different versions of the X Men, uh, and just kind of a love letter to them in a way. I mean, Chris Claremont is
1: arguably the greatest X Men writer. I would say just about everybody would say he is yeah. the greatest. X-Men I mean,
0: writer. he X Men wouldn't be what it is with, without Chris Claremont. Yeah,
1: I mean, even if you don't like his stuff, like you've got to admit, like what he's done for,
0: for the series. So, and next we get to, um, probably the fourth greatest NBA player of all time writing for Jessica Jones, as we all thought. As we all knew, when we thought Marvel 80s, we're like, oh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar is going to write Jessica Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, I, I After this story, I kind of want him to write the next Jessica yeah. Jones. I liked series. it. Yeah. It yeah. was not
0: bad yeah. at all. It was I mean, really it's not as good as like Bendis and not as good as Kelly Thompson's run. But for Kareem Abdul Jabbar, it was surprisingly really good. Unfortunately, it still wasn't the best Jessica Jones.
1: Story in this book. I actually
0: liked it more than the other one. Did you? Yeah.
1: Uh, I did, but I thought it was fantastic. And the art is great too. Uh,
0: speaking of Kelly Thompson, we're jumping into 2002, uh, which is written by Kelly Thompson uh, with art by uh, Pepe Lores, who's a great artist. Uh, and it's a story about Elsa Bloodstone. And this is just a cute, fun story. Elsa Bloodstone, she hunts monsters. Like that's what she does in Marvel Universe. She hunts them. Like Blade hunts vampires. Uh, Punisher hunts drug dealers and pedophiles and mafiosos. Elsa Bloodstone hunts monsters. And, I didn't know that
1: the Punisher hunted you.
0: Uh, which one of those am I? <laughs> uh, actually, I'm just happy it's not Blade. He doesn't know about me yet. <laughs> uh, but they're just pedophile <laughs> vampire. Elsa is Elsa is telling someone about her history of uh, what she does for a living, and it just cuts to this cute little shark monster. Uh, <laughs> and how, how she doesn't want to kill him, and she'll protect anyone that tries to k- kill him and hurt him as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, she like, will kill anything that tries to hurt you. Top notch.
0: Uh, 2003 uh, was another X Men story. Uh, great art, not great writing, I thought for myself. Um, I don't know about you. Uh, 2004 was pays tribute to the fact that 2004 was when X23 was first debuted. Uh, and we get a story written by Tom Taylor featuring X23
1: and Ping, Ping, Boom. Yeah,
0: and Gabby. And it's nice because Tom Taylor wrote that great uh Wolverine one where she was a star too.
1: So good. And his run on X-23 was fantastic, too. All new Wolverine.
0: Uh, and we got Alan Heimark and Jim Chung to reunite uh, for 2005. They wrote the Young Avengers run, which I'm reading right now, and it is fantastic. Uh, so to see them come back and reunite for a story I thought was really cool. And this was a nice little story. If you And I'm not finished with the run currently, but I'm sure if you have, like this is a great touching moment to see these characters reunited.
1: I'm not familiar with it, so I didn't care.
0: <laughs> but now is Matt's favorite uh, Jessica Jones story in this. Which is 2006, uh, by David F. Walker, it who wrote Cage me for of, a while of
1: Modern Family in like a good way. Like I was like, oh cool, it's like a, it's a family yeah. being interviewed about what it's like to be parents.
0: Yeah, it wasn't bad. I liked it. It just was my favorite one. I still enjoyed it though. Yeah. Uh, 2007, we jump into Hulk, uh, which is a big time for the Hulk because that's when World War Hulk happened and everyone was against him. But it was written by Greg Pak, who's a longtime Hulk writer, uh, and wrote World War Hulk. Uh, he hasn't
1: and, written Hulk as long as I have,
0: though. Uh, no, no, no one has, though. 200 years, huh? Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, but it shows that the Hulk has a family and, like, that last panel of him with all the people that are connected to him in some way. We even get a panel with Korg as well in there in that last panel.
1: Yeah, <laughs> goddamn right, we do. Uh,
0: 2008, uh, we, it was the year the Iron Man movie debuted. Uh, so we get an Iron Man story by Chip Zdarsky, which uh, I didn't like at all. You didn't? No.
1: I thought it was interesting. Yeah,
0: I I didn't like it.
1: Basically, it's just the original Iron Man costume fading into another original Iron Man costume, into a former, newer, and the newer and the newer, and then finally your real Tony Stark, and then Tony Stark disassembles. As well.
0: Look, Chip. I need jokes. Tell me jokes, okay? Yeah. yeah if st- you're looking for for dance James for Darcy, me, funny man. <laughs> write those puns.
1: Fair enough. I, I need suppose. a setup. If and somebody a pun. else wrote that, would you be disappointed?
0: Yeah, I mean I still wouldn't like it.
1: Okay, fair <laughs> enough.
0: nineteen uh, eighties or night or sorry, 2009s is when we jump back into the L Young story after a very long time. Uh, and it's a story about Adam Brasher, uh with Eternity Mask. Uh, which I've never been a huge fan of Blue Marble. Uh, but it's nice to see that again, like people get to see like they get to see Speedball and um uh, it and White Tiger. Wait, we need to do a
1: speedball at yeah. this point of the okay, cool.
0: How do you think he got his name?
1: <laughs> uh up next is another Spider Man story for 2010, uh, talking about MJ and all of her shenanigans. I didn't really care for it. Yeah, same. It was fine. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't my favorite. Uh,
0: and 2011 was another uh, flash fiction style, uh, style story by Jason Reynolds about Miles Morales, uh, which all the story did for me just remind me that it's a shame that Bendis couldn't come back and write one page for this. Because oh, Bendis had such God, a major man. impact on the Marvel oh. Universe.
1: I uh, said I want not so say that. There's not really. A, there's no Miles Morales story in this thing.
0: No, like so that's it. A yeah. One yeah. In a bit. Uh, 2012 is another Spider-Man story. Yep. Uh, written by Dan Slott. Obviously, wrote Spider-Man for a very, very long time. Uh, it's kind of your typical Spider-Man fights bad guys. He's sad about Ben. Story. Yep.
1: Yeah. He just happens to go to his grave on the anniversary of his death. Now,
0: 2013, I loved. Uh, it's a cable story written by God, and drawn so by Jeff Lemire not much of a story it's just a history of cables like scars that he has yep and, tra- and uh, it gives him kind of to
1: it but the most interesting thing ever and the fact that jeff lemire got to do uh but, an art piece yeah. of cable it it might it's definitely top five for my favorite art in this book
0: uh yeah and 2014 is nice it's uh miracle man prelude written by neil gaiman uh, who wrote Miracle Man for a long time, and then there was a dispute about the character with Image Comics' Tom McFarlane taking the rights. Marvel f- finally got back the rights, and Marvel, I think, is now set this year to reprint all the Miracle Man books with Neil Gaiman writing more stories to finally finish the story that he started years ago. Really? Yeah. that's kind, so of, it's kind of, of a cool. prelude to all that, which is nice. i uh, sue them again so it never <laughs> sees the light of day. I mean, that's a bold choice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2015 was a disappointing Dr. Doom story for me by Jason Latour. I like Jason Latour, but this Jason story... Latour is great. It's weird. I, I feel like all the Doom stories kind of missed in this one.
1: Yeah. I I didn't think... I think this was the best of the worst here. Um, but it's just Dr. Doom being alone again, which is the exact same thing yeah. we saw in both the other
0: stories. Uh, 2016, we get our another Deadpool story by Derek Landy. Uh, it was okay. It's kind of like you're... To me, it's like a Deadpool-by-numbers story, I thought.
1: Yeah, if you're going to pick out yeah. what exactly you would expect from a Deadpool yeah. story, it's this. It
0: wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It, it, yeah. It's just like said, like like what you come to expect. Yep. But 2017, uh, going back to like and me like that about like why heroes do what they do. Uh, I thought this was really great. And this was Do You Have Regrets? Written by J. Michael uh, Srodinski, art by the great Ed McGinnis, uh, both legends uh, in the comic book world. And like, it's just single panels of different heroes. And do they have any regrets? Uh, and I, I love this story. It was one of my favorites.
1: Yeah, this one I mean, talking about like hitting hitting heartstrings, like this is this is it right there.
0: Yeah, but it it, it blends comedy. Like, I mean yep. uh to where Hulk regrets the purple pants, Manus regrets her name, uh, but Spider Man regrets everything. Uh Captain America regrets everything everyone that he couldn't save. And we, we don't know what Groot's saying, but Groot looks so sad in that panel, but by Ed McGuinness.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I really appreciate the way that this starts and then the fact that they're just like, they almost back off the sadness entirety, entirely. Uh, yeah, there you go. And that's kind of the last bit of emotion you get for the rest of this thing.
0: Yeah, 2018 is a Charles Charlestown story about Silver Surfer, which I'm glad we got Silver Surfer in Marvel Lady. Like, you can't have 80 years of Marvel without Silver Surfer making an appearance. You, I mean, you um,
1: shouldn't, and they almost did.
0: Uh, but it's just, it's typical, like, introspective Silver Surfer. It's kind of what you expect. Uh and twenty nineteen uh is more about the eternity mask. It's obviously it's hinting that it came from the eternity, the uh the celestial. Uh and we rounded out with the mask, which is no year. Um uh, and twenty twenty we'll find out who's behind the mask, which I'm interested to find out. But one thing I loved is uh at the end you get all the list of all the credits of everyone that worked on it, and then you get the, basically the very last page you get an in a memoriam of all the big names that have worked for Marvel, yep. uh, which I thought was amazing uh, and a great touching moment. Uh, and I thought what I liked is that after they turn that page, there's a tomorrow, which continues out like a young story, but it's kind of like an after credit scene, uh, which obviously has been co- some synonymous with Marvel films. For the comic, I thought was a really nice touch.
1: I really did too. Um, I really, really appreciated the, uh, the in memoriam, especially because they they acknowledge the big three uh, Jack Kirby Stanley and Steve Ditko in in bright bold letters and then everybody else that, that's done them but I don't think anybody's done them quite as well as those three
0: No all right but I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up with
1: nope. we're gonna talk for another 45 minutes we're just gonna redo and make sure that our we're gonna do it backwards. yeah uh,
0: so what which sort did you like the least? Oh
1: the least Ugh, that's that's a tough one man. Um, I think if I had to pick, I think the Howard the Duck one was probably one of the most disappointing ones.
0: For minus the Pledge of Allegiance,
1: <laughs> that I I can understand that. Uh, and to a lesser degree, the uh, the Eternity Mask thing was a bit of a letdown. I
0: like that. I'm I'm uh, you and I are on the complete opposite page there.
1: It's it's not that I hate it. It's just why
0: you have so much hate in your heart.
1: I mean, you're celebrating 80 years of yourself, and you're going to just try and pitch else. and something we didn't else? get.
0: I, I do agree with you that it should have been 40 pages of Gambit stories, but what are you going to do?
1: If you're going to tell that story, you can tell it at the end or at the beginning, and then give me and 80, with Gambit 80 full pages of actual Cajun Marvel.
0: dialect. I agree. Ugh. Uh, it hurt my heart. It's not that it was
1: bad. It was really good writing, and I really appreciated it. It just didn't belong in this fucking book.
0: So what was your favorite story?
1: Uh, any of the Spider-Man stories that made me want to fucking cry. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going to say that uh, I will say I did love the bread melts story. My favorite Spider-Man story. Which one was that? The one with Ben, uh, naming the baby Ben. I liked it yeah. a lot, and the art was great. Yeah, but my favorite story overall was the Jason Aaron story with Wolverine and Punisher.
1: That was fun.
0: Yeah, yeah maybe want to go get bath bombs.
1: Uh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, now think like, that Jason
0: Aaron works in the bath bomb industry. <laughs> he works for Big Bath Bomb. I'm on to you.
1: <laughs> I've I've got my girlfriend plenty of bath bombs over the ages and now I just kinda want to steal one.
0: Now, now now she owes you that many back. She's
1: working for like three hours after we finish this. I could totally sneak it back bath Yeah, bomb. there you go. She would be none the wiser.
0: Yeah, and just if she catches you just be like, it fell. All of them <laughs> fell.
1: <laughs> they all fell. That's why it's black. <laughs> Don't worry about why I'm covered in glitter. I was <laughs> at a strip club, babe.
0: Yes. Strip club. Never eat a bath bombs. I would never <laughs> No. Don't smell me. <laughs> I smell like regret. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going to wrap it up for this week's attention comics. Next week, we are diving back into a classic series. We are going to talk about the first three trades of trans Metropolitan by Warren Ellis.
1: Yes, we have finally purchased the rights to every uh, classical artist from... Uh, 2019 before. Yeah. 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 If you yeah. wrote classical music before 2019, we now officially own all your stuff. Yeah. Suck it, Beethoven and Mozart, and Johann Sebastian Bach. Eat my dick. We own your music.
0: That's where I put it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at gmail.com.
1: You can find us on Facebook, uh, Classical Music, 2019andbeyond.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, where we sometimes share stuff. And like and subscribe and download our podcast, because it means so much to Alex's mom and dad.
0: For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback.
1: And I'm not proud of you.
0: Henchman easy.